Hare Krishna. Good morning. Thanks everybody for being here. Happy Thursday. <laughs> we are Jai Jai Thursday. We're ready for a beautiful day ahead. Krishna consciousness. Shriman Bhagavatam Ki. Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Shorananda Braja Jananjana Shorananda Braja Jananjana Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Raja Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Raja Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare, Hare. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 1, Chapter 5, Text Number 38 Iti morti abhid adena. Iti morti abhid adena. 
mantra murtim amuk amurtikam Yajjate yajna purusham Sa samyag darshana pumam Iti murti abhidhanena Mantra murtim amurtikam Yajate yajna purusham Sasamyag darshana puman Iti murti abhidhanena Mantra murtim amurtikam Yajate yajna purusham Sāsamyāg darshanaha pūmān Iti murti abhidhānena Mantra murti amurtikam Yājate yajna pūrṣaṁ Word for word, iti. Thus, murti, representation. Abhidhanena, in sound. Excuse me for a sec, did you want to repeat? Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go past without offering, so I'm sorry. I just assumed you didn't want to, so I should have asked. Mantra murtim. Form representation of transcendental sound. Amortikam. The Lord who has no material form. Yajate. Worship. Yajna. Vishnu. Purusham. The personality of Godhead. Sa. He alone. Samyak. Perfectly. Darshana. One who has seen. Puman. Person. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. Shri Prabhupada Ki. Thus, He is the actual seer who worships in the form of transcendental sound representation. The personality of Godhead, Vishnu, who has no material form. Please repeat. Thus, he is the actual seer who worships in the form of transcendental sound representation. The supreme personality of Godhead, Vishnu. Who has no material form. Thus, he is the actual seer who worships in the form of transcendental sound representation, the supreme personality of Godhead, Vishnu, who has no material form. Purport. Our per, excuse me, our present senses are all made of material elements and they, therefore they are imperfect in realizing the transcendental form of Lord Vishnu. He is therefore worshipped by sound representation via the transcendental method of chanting. Anything which is beyond the scope of experience by our imperfect senses can be realized fully 
by the sound representation. A person transmitting sound from a far distant place can be factually experienced. If this is materially possible, why not spiritually? This experience is not a vague, impersonal experience. It is actually an experience of the transcendental personality of Godhead who possesses the pure form of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. <coughs> Excuse me. In the Amarkosha Sanskrit Dictionary, the word murti carries import in twofold meanings, namely form and difficulty. Therefore, Amurtikam is explained by Acharya Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur as meaning without difficulty. The transcendental form of eternal bliss and knowledge can be experienced by our original spiritual senses, which can be revived by chanting of the holy mantras or transcendental sound representations. Such sound should be received from the transparent agency of the bona fide spiritual master, and the chanting may be practiced by the direction of the spiritual master. That will gradually lead us nearer to the Lord. This method of worship is recommended in the Pantaratrika system, which is both recognized and authorized. The Pantaratrika system has the most authorized codes for transcendental devotional service. Without the help of such codes, one cannot approach the Lord, certainly not by dry philosophical speculation. The Pantaratrik system is both practical and suitable for this age of quarrel. The Pancharatra is more important than the Vedanta for this modern age. <coughs> Excuse me. Omagana Timrandasya Jananjanan Salakaya Chakshuru and Militam Jaina Tazma Shri Guravena Mahashri Chaitanya Mano Bicham Shapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupa Karamayam Vedanti Svabhadantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances under the dust of his lotus feet. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Shimati Tamal Krishna Goswaminiti Namani. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namani. Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Sunyavari Pashkatari Shitarine Vanchakopatrubascha Kripasanavzevacha Patitanam Bhavanabio Vaishnavabio Namonamaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirweta Gadadhar Shiva Sadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. <clears throat> Excuse me, what an amazing, amazing, amazing verse. In an amazing chapter, in the most amazing book on the planet. This is the cream, the cream of all Vedic knowledge. It's the topmost learning. There's nothing higher. There is Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's the postgraduate study, right? But you gotta get Srimad Bhagavatam down. It's the topmost, uh, scripture. There's nothing higher. Why is it so amazing? Because it describes Krishna, right? And we're hearing in this chapter about Narada's instructions to Vyasadeva. Now Vyasadeva is a pretty amazing personality, right? Vyasadeva, he's an incarnation of Krishna who writes the Vedas. He writes all the Vedas, all the books of the Vedas, which like if you tried to put all the Vedas in this room, it wouldn't fit. You couldn't fit all the Vedas in there. And he wrote all the Vedas. And then when he was done, he felt, he felt unhappy. He felt dissatisfied. He's like, why is this? I've just given all of this Knowledge, spiritual knowledge. So his spiritual master is Narada Muni. So even Krishna has guru, right? Isn't that amazing? So Narada Muni comes and says, okay, basically, the reason you're unhappy is because you haven't spoken about Krishna. 
All the things in the Vedas point to Krishna, but they're indirect. You've talked about uh, karma kanda and karma and, and getting things that you want, but you haven't talked about the source of all those things. How, how do you how do you really get happiness? <clears throat> Excuse me, true spiritual happiness. So he says you need to write the Srimad Bhagavatam. So this is the conversation that he's having, that Narda Muni is having with Vyasadeva. This seat is called the Vyasasan, the seat of Vyasadeva. So the the seat, um, it, it just it all comes together to show us Vyasadeva, Bhagavatam, Narada Muni, Guru, Vyasasan, the seat of learning and discourse and discussing. It's so amazing because uh, Narada Muni enlightens Vyasadeva. Not that he like needed enlightenment, right? But he did for our benefit, you know, so we could hear this. And then Vyasadeva put that into the Bhagavatam. <laughs> and, and then the Bhagavatam is spoken by uh, uh, to Pariksit Maharaj when he's basically on his deathbed. He's accepted the curse of Shringi. And he says, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be gone in, in seven days, ten days. I just wanna hear spirit, spiritual topics and I'm gonna fast and just sit at the, the riverside. And so all the sages come and his guru comes. It's just like right on time. Um, Sukadev Goswami appears, just walks up, takes the seat in the Vyasasana and begins to speak Srimad Bhagavatam. So, uh, that perfect situation is rendered for us to review and to study and to listen to. And every day, it's so important. Sri Prabhupada said, have a class on Srimad Bhagavatam every day. And we're supposed to have a class on Bhagavad Gita every day too in the evenings. But that one gets a little bit. Sometimes it doesn't always happen. Right? So we're here for Srimad Bhagavatam. And we're reading uh, Krishna. Uh, Narada Muni is speaking about Chanting and the glories of chanting. Uh, we've read in, in, in earlier, uh, verses in this chapter, it, it, it's, it's incredible what Narada Muni has had to say about the importance of doing devotional service and within doing devotional service, the important the importance particularly of chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And I was thinking, I had a realization a couple days ago that um, really this chanting is, uh, it. I, I heard my spiritual master on a lecture a couple days before that, and he said, when you chant, Bless you. When you chant Hare Krishna, Krishna is there. His associates are there. His pastimes are there. His pastime places are there. His dom is there. His abode is there. His qualities there. His incarnations are all there. Everything is there. When you chant Hare Krishna, wow. When you just sit down and chant Japa, or we come together and chant nicely like Chakri Prabhu did and all the devotees and thanks for the Murdanga playing and the Kartals and everybody chanting nicely together and dancing. Sam is dancing in ecstasy. When, when that happens, Krishna and all of his associates are there. Isn't that amazing to think about that? Now we can't see him because we're not totally purified yet. So we might say, well, oh, I just want to, uh, I'm just gonna think about Krishna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make myself think about him all the time. And I'm not gonna think anything else. And that's the goal, right? We know that. That's, and that's good. The problem is, is the mind, doesn't it, always come in and say, no, think of this. It distracts us. The material world, we, we, we go outside, well, it's, it's, it's sunny now, or well, it's raining now, or well, it's getting dark now, or well, it's getting light now, or, you know, we have to constantly adjust ourselves to the situations of the day, of the material world. And so that makes our mind mess with us. And our mind is always going, oh, you need to do this. 
Oh, you need to do that. Oh, you know, you've done enough thinking about Krishna. Why don't you think about something fun now? <laughs> right? Why don't you go do something fun? Do something for yourself. Don't chant in the temple room. Go to the lake and chant. It's nicer there. <laughs> There's nowhere nicer than this temple room, you know. Because you, anywhere you look, you have to see Krishna. You have to think about Krishna, right? So we come in here in the mornings and chant. Or we're supposed to, like me, I don't come enough. But it's, 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 it's so much nicer to chant in here because then the point I'm trying to make is, is that too, we, we go about our days and, and, and if we're doing good things, we're trying to do things for Krishna and that's wonderful. That's the point. Don't do your material activities just for yourself. Do them for Krishna, you know, and then it purifies it and it purifies your whole life. But as we're doing that, it's really, really important to uh, remember the chanting because chanting actually will allow us to control our mind to a, a greater degree than if we're just sitting around saying, well, I'm going to think of Krishna all the time. That's true, and you might. But, you know, basically the mind doesn't want you to think about Krishna. Maya doesn't want you to think about Krishna. The material energy wants to pull you away from, from Krishna and say, wait a minute, now I see you're a, a devotee of Krishna, but we're going to make really sure <laughs> before you get Krishna fully that you really want Krishna and not the material energy. And so... The mind is is our best friend or it's our worst enemy. And it's our best friend when we're chanting, right? And we begin to chant and, and our mind wants to drift a little bit. Well, you bring it back. You bring it back. And when you're chanting Hare Krishna, it's easier to bring the mind back to Krishna. If you're just going about your day and saying, I'm going to think about Krishna all day, it's easy to get, it's easier, it's easier to forget about Krishna. But if you're chanting... It's condensed. It's there. Krishna's there. His dham is there. His devotees are there. His 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 associates are there. All of the spiritual world is there with you when you're chanting Krishna's names. It's amazing. So, my point is is that my realization was that that's the key to to actually. Uh, we all know things about Krishna and it's nice to think about him and it's nice to read and we should read, you know, an hour, two hours a day. But that chanting is going to be so enriching. It's going to be so enlivening. It's going to be the real, uh, juice that the thing that juices us to, to be the ripened fruit, you know, of, of bhakti, of devotional love. For our spiritual masters and, and by their, uh, relationship to Krishna, to Krishna, right? We love Krishna, we love the, we love the pastimes, but do we really love each other? Do we show that love? You know, we need to in a concrete way. And so we do that by chanting Hare Krishna. It's so amazing how it improves us. So this verse is, is, is incredible. I'll read it again. Thus, he is the actual seer who worships in the transcendental, in, excuse me, in the form of transcendental sound representation, the supreme personality of Godhead Vishnu. Narada Muni is telling us the one who is the real seer, the real knower of spiritual understanding, he worships Krishna, God, Vishnu, in the form of transcendental sound representation. The holy name, Hare Krishna. He has no material form. Wait a minute, I see a bunch of deities on the altar. They have material forms. Otherwise, we couldn't, I couldn't see them, right? Aren't they material? Well, there, you know, Kalachenji appears to be this beautiful marble. And, and Radharani, she's marble, like a beautiful white marble. And, and Gorni Tai, I've touched them. They're, they're metal, right? You know, they're metal. And Jagannath, he's wood. Daru, he's even called Daru Krishna, which means wood. Wood Krishna, right? What? He, he, this is, these are material forms. No. <laughs> Krishna adopts these apparently material forms for our benefit, but they are entirely Spiritual. They're entirely transcendental. 
Krishna has no material form. Well, he created the material energy, so he had, he's in it. Isn't he somewhat material? Because he created it, right? He must be. No. Krishna is so powerful, he can create the material energy, be in it, and be out of it at the same time. <laughs> Krishna is not material. God is not material. And that's a big problem for a lot of people, you know. They're, wait a minute. You know, God must be the totality of everything. He must be this shining bright white light that I've seen in my dreams or I almost passed away, right? And I almost died and I saw this bright white and then I came back. That's God. <laughs> yeah, it is. He is the totality of everything. He is the cosmos. He's the, the material universe. He's all the universes. He's the feeling of love we have. He's the feeling in our heart. He's, he's, he's every good intention we ever had. He is the Brahma Jyoti. That feeling you get, right, when you meditate or you're calm, you're quiet, or you look at a beauty of nature and you feel, you can feel God's presence, you know, Brahma Jyoti, Krishna in our heart, you know, Paramatma, you know, I feel, yeah, even as a little kid, couldn't you, you could feel, there's something in there, you know, there's something, something going on. I look in the mirror, I see myself, it's, there's this, there's this thing going on, you know, that, and, and Krishna's there in our heart. Krishna is everywhere, and so we can feel it. And this sense of understanding Krishna is, uh, uh, it, it takes the teachings of the spiritual master, Narada Muni, Srila Prabhupada. How Prabhupada explains this verse is so amazing, right? We, we, we can't really understand it without the explanation of the spiritual master. And so I'm going to read through that. And it's so nice to, to have it confirmed again and again and again. Krishna's deity is transcendental. This deity form, if it's bona fide, right? If it's installed by a pure devotee, it's in the image and likeness of Krishna. It's worshipped properly. <clears throat> this is not stone, wood, metal, marble. This is the form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Radhakala Chenji are not material forms. Now, if you go up on the altar and you dress them, you, you put their clothing on, you put jewels on them, you're touching a form. And it seems like it's, well, it's material. Well, I see this is there and I need to clean that or, you know. But you, you really, you have to always remember, this is God. This is Krishna. And it's really amazing when you when you kneel in front of Kalachenji and you can't just sit there and look at his face the whole time, which you want to do, right? Or your time goes by so fast you can't do the dressing. <laughs> and sometimes you get like, wait, wait a minute, I can't even, I just got to concentrate on his feet so I can get things done. <laughs> because they're so uh, beautiful and they're just beaming out uh, beautiful smiles and they're happy you're there and you're... You're taking your time to do something loving for the Lord, for the deity. It's very intimate and wonderful and reciprocal. It's very reciprocal, you know. The, the, it's, it's not like a, a gross thing. You hear voices. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you don't, you don't hear a voice of the deity. I mean, maybe some really advanced devotees do, you know. But Krishna, talks to us from within our heart, right? Like we've all heard, what do they, what do they call it? The conscience, right? What's your conscience? Well, what is that really? You know, it's super soul. Krishna helping you saying, um, you're going to do this awful thing. Are you really sure you want to do that? Your conscience and, and, and sometimes you just, it's not you hear voices. Well, maybe you do you hear, you get a feeling. You hear a little voice inside you tell you, you know, something different, you know, and that's, that's Cheta Guru, right? It's Krishna in our heart. So in the same way, the deity can, can, can speak to you through that. The deity can let you know how he or she's feeling about something that you're doing. If you're making a mistake, you know, sometimes a pin goes right in your, your thumb. Oh, wow. Okay. I get it. You know, or you, you're putting something on the deity and it falls down and they don't want that. You know, you try three times. Hey, you know, something's going on. You know, there was a, a remarkable pastime one time with, with, uh, Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev, Subhadra Devi. There was something happening on the altar that was not to their liking. And the pujari for, this was evening dressing and the, and I was to the, to the left. The pujari for Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra Devi was about to, 
to begin the dressing and Baladev's whole crown and everything just fell off and it hit the water that's right to their, to his right and just smash, crash, bash. I mean, it was stuff was flying, water was flying. It just cause the, the, the turban and crown had just, and, and it falls, it had just come off. And we're, we were all like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, not, so we clean up the water a little bit and then, then, Baladev, Balaram didn't have, Baladev didn't have anything on, but something else crashed again. <laughs> and it came off and made, and we're like, then it was like, we put two and two together. Oh, <laughs> this other thing that's happening is <laughs> not to their approval. We like, okay, the light bulb went off, it took two times, you know. And so the Lord confirmed to us, and so we had to, 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 you know, take, measures for for the disturbance that was going on the altar and took care of that and and so then the the lord wasn't disturbed anymore and he and the devotee could do the dressing you know and dressed him very nicely but it was it was amazing thing how uh krishna will interact i'm sorry for the digression there uh, <clears throat> narada muni is telling us in the verse uh the one who actually worships God worships his his sound representation. He worships the holy name. Now you can worship a name. Yeah, Krishna is not different from his name. If you can worship the deity, if you can love the deity, you can love the holy name just like you love the deity, just like you love the devotee, you love the you love the guru. You love these amazing devotees. There's so many amazing advanced devotees in this temple. And they're full of love for other devotees. And it's easy to love them, right? And so we do. And the, 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 the actual seer, though, worships Krishna's holy name. Because the holy name has come in this age, this dark, 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 dark age of hypocrisy and quarrel and crummy leaders and 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 sudras that are you know wrapping themselves in crowns and saying i'm i'm I, follow me no this isn't this is a dark age an age of hypocrisy and quarrel so krishna comes in the form of his holy name he says it's this is this is such a difficult time i'm going to make it really easy to understand me to get me to get love for me through lord chaitanya mahaprabhu sankirtan Yajna, Sankirtan movement, you just chant Hare Krishna and you get love of God, which was, isn't even available to the demigods, right? <laughs> and yet we get it here? <laughs> why is that? Causeless mercy. Causeless mercy. We don't know why. We don't know why. We just know we get to be here. We get a chance to chant Hare Krishna. So chanting of the, of the, the, the holy name is what Narada Muni is telling us, Krishna doesn't have a material form. He comes in his holy name. Prabhupada says our present senses are made of material elements. And they therefore they can't, they're imperfect in realizing the transcendental form of, of Vishnu. And so uh, therefore Krishna is worshipped by sound representation via the transcendental method of chanting anything which is beyond the scope of experience by our imperfect senses can be realized fully by sound representation so Prabhupada is telling us that there's something in this sound vibration this sound representation that's more powerful than say our eyes or our touch even though we love the deity and we touch the deity and we look at the deity we worship the deity it's imperfect ultimately because there's impurities in our heart. We need. So Krishna's telling us, Prabhupada's telling us, reinforcing the most powerful way to use your senses to understand God is through sound. Hearing, hearing is, is the most powerful, uh, most powerful sense, right? Because we're all attracted to music. We love music so much and it's very moving. Aren't, aren't we moved to tears to hear some certain, some music sometimes or the kirtan? And so music and, and sound vibration, <coughs> excuse me, is so powerful. When you're asleep at night and someone's breaking into your home, what saves you? The noise, the noise you hear. So, um, Prabhupada mentions this, even from a far diff distant place, 
you can experience a sound being transmitted. You know, somebody on a distant mountain banging a drum. Boom, it goes over. You can hear it. A car crash, you know, mile away. Smash. So why not, if you can hear something from a far different place material, materially, why not spiritually? <laughs> so we're hearing Krishna. We're getting Krishna. He's, he's in the spiritual world, which is, I mean, a really long ways away from here, right? The spiritual world is a long way away from here. And so Krishna can be gotten from that, from that far away distance. We can get Krishna. And it's in actually, it's an experience of the transcendental personality of Godhead who possesses the pure form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. To chant Krishna's name is to actually experience Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The transcendental form of bliss and knowledge can be experienced by our original spiritual senses, which can be revived by chanting of the holy mantras, the transcendental sound representations. This is referring to when we become a little more advanced in chanting, we revive our, our, our true spiritual nature, which is what we are. We're soul, right? We're really a spirit soul. And that nature of the soul, the, the soul itself has spiritual senses. But the spiritual senses right now are covered. They're covered by the material body and our senses and our material senses. So we can only experience things through our material senses. But when we purify our material senses, we awaken, we revive our spiritual senses. And our spiritual senses are able to fully, fully taste the nectar of Krishna's form and name and pastimes. And Prabhupada and Narada Muni emphasize again, this should be received from the transparent agency of the bona fide spiritual master. He's the via media. He's the link. He's the person that, that connects us to this. And we have to do things. We have to chant under his direction. And then we get the pure name. We get all of this, you know, linked right into us. It goes right into our heart. And Prabhupada mentions the Pantaratrik system, which is massive. It's, it's a series of codes. What's a code? A code is a rule or a law. And a, a rules or laws that are put together is often called a codification. A, a, a code, it's, it's codified. It's put together. It's written down. It's stated in terms, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not do this. This, this is what comp, this is what in, in the penal code, this is what this is what murder means, intention and action of actually killing someone. You have to have a mental state and you have to have the action. You can't just have the action. You have to have the mental state. Intentional killing is murder. Unintentional killing is manslaughter. And so it's codified. It's written down in the rules. If something happens to you, and I hope it never does, criminally or you, you you have some problem and you have to go into court right you look at the law what does the law say about your situation to answer the question of the, of the problem that you're having it's codified it's in codes okay sorry i'm a lawyer so i took a chance to go off into this realm everybody knows what a code is everybody knows what rules are right the traffic rules do we all follow the traffic rules no way i break them daily right but we know they're there. And if you follow, oh, if you follow the rules, you get a good result. Yeah. If you're breaking all the laws when you're driving and you're driving too fast and you're trying to get, you're going to get an accident. You're going to get a ticket. You might hurt somebody. You might hurt yourself. It's better to follow the rules. Then your whole consciousness is, is under control. You're relaxed. You can be happier because you followed the rules, right? The same is true for Pantra Cheeks. Pantaratrika system. It's authorized codes for transcendental devotional service. And it even includes rules for deity worship. 
You do this, you do that, you say this, you say that for the deities when you do the deity worship. And so Prabhupada said, this is more important. The Pantaratra is more important than the Vedanta for this modern age. Why? Because the Pantaratrik system is given to us by Narda Muni. Narda Muni wrote it and gave it to us. He's guru. It's authorized. He's authorized. It's, it's codes, the authorized codes for doing transcendental devotional service. Without the help of such codes, one cannot approach the Lord. Certainly not by dry philosophical speculation. Because what's that dry philosophical speculation going to get you? You're going to say God is material. And if God's material, I'm God. Right? That's what you get. Dry philosophical speculation. Our minds are, are really uh, egotistical, aren't they? We really think our minds are powerful. And they are. I mean, Mike, when, when, when you develop, in the next verse they're going to talk about developing the spiritual opulences, you know, you can create a planet. Wow, yogis have that, you know, the, the mystic siddhas, they have power. They can become tiny, tiny, and they can travel, and they can travel on light beams and stuff. These, these, these powers are there, but the powers... Excuse me. Our our shouldn't overwhelm us. The power of our mind has to be uh, corralled. It has to be beaten down, and it has to be told. Okay, mind, you can do some smart things, and and a lot of other people with good minds, smart people, they did amazing things, and we want to just not just spend our whole day praising material achievements, but that's what most of the world's doing. All the time, just praising the material achievements. But really, you know, the material achievements are just that. They are not, excuse me, the, uh, they're wonderful, but we can't let our mind, uh, tell us how great we are all the time. Okay? Now, it's good to get, make you get out of bed. You know, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I'm gonna have a great day, I'm gonna do wonderful things. Okay, get up and get going and do it. Use your mind for that. But we don't want our mind to just tell us, oh, I'm so smart, I can sit down and just understand God by myself. And that's what the mind will do, right? The mind will do those kind of things. The mind will try to tell us, Oh, uh, you've meditated. You've got these, this, this blissful feeling from your meditation. Uh, uh, maybe you're God. <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, it's the, it's a representation of God that you're allowed to, to feel because you've sat down and you, you meditated. Okay, nice. So, okay, you, you've, you've felt God's Brahma Jyoti. You felt Krishna's expansion is Brahma Jyoti. Maybe even the great, meditators they realize paramatma in their heart right that's a pretty exciting thing but and then they think well that's it i don't want to go any farther and i don't believe in bhagavan i don't believe in krishna because i only want to go with what i can see and feel in myself and through meditation so they become impersonalists and they say god has no form because i see no form in me i see don't see the form of god in myself i feel it but i don't see it and so impersonalism is a huge problem it's a huge, uh, hugely uh, worshipped form of Krishna. His impersonal form is is taken as the all in all by many religions and many personalities, and so it is. Uh, it is something that we have to to try to help overcome, overcome impersonalism and voidism, and that was one of the things that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and and the followers of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were there to uh, teach the world. No, God is a person. He's a person. He's a loving, blissful person. He's your father. He's your loving uh, friend. And he wants to give you everything. He's willing to give you himself. You can, you can, you can literally own Krishna by following these instructions. By chanting Hare Krishna. Following in the footsteps of the spiritual master. You get Krishna. And if you get Krishna, <laughs> there's nothing else. He's the creator of the most pleasurable thing you can imagine. Even even the more pleasurable than anything you can imagine. He's more pleasurable, right? And he's the creator of it. 
So it's unlimited. And if you get him, there's no, there's no question of it. Try and join the material world. Get out of here. You know, it's Krishna. And so Krishna does that. Krishna's devotees do that when they see that a disciple, that a person, that a devotee is ready and loves, loves Krishna more purely than we still love ourselves, right? Ultimately, you, it's given up that self-love, which is hard to do. And it's scary, right? You know, just love God? Yeah. And by chanting Hare Krishna and, and the fullness of time, we have to be patient. It takes a lot of time chanting Hare Krishna that we eventually come to realize, yes, I can say goodbye to material enjoyment. It's it, it never really made me happy. There were some important people in my life and I love them. A lot of them are gone already. The bodies aren't going to last. The people aren't going to last. The world's not going to last. Think how much it changes from when we were kids. How wonderful childhood was. You know, I had a wonderful childhood. I was lucky. You know, not everybody has that. But just see how much it changes. Things are not going to stay the same. And so why do we want to try to keep on making a good arrangement in a place where no matter how good an arrangement you make, it's going to fall apart? The body's going to quit. The body's going to get old. The eyes are going to go. The hearing's going to go. Your sense of taste is going to go. Your legs are going to go. Your vital organs are going to begin to break down and not operate anymore. You're not going to maintain your body at some point. So it's time to accept that and and go, wow, we're so lucky because we know what the alternative is instead of just getting another body and trying to enjoy it again, right? No, we're going to get a chance to go back home, back to the spiritual world. If we practice what's being given to us, what's being told to us now in the Bhagavatam, instead of going back to the default of trying to enjoy the material energy in, this, in the material world, we have to do our duty in the material world. We have to make the best of a bad bargain, right? We're stuck here until we can get out, until Krishna says, okay, you're ready. The material energy says, Okay, Krishna, Krishna will say to, the, to Maya Devi, lift the veil of illusion from this, this soul. This soul's ready to come back. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being here. It was nice to have you all here. And anybody listening in on the radio or online, thank you very much. We appreciate uh, you listening and keeping up the Krishna consciousness effort. Sankirtan Yagya Ki. Srila Prabhupada ki, Iskan Guru ki, Assembled Devotees ki. Any questions, comments? Sam. Right. Way more fun. It's it's a kind of fun we cannot even imagine. The cowherd boys are so anxious to to be with Krishna. When Krishna gets up in the morning, right, and his mom bathes him and they dress him and they try to make him eat breakfast, and she doesn't want him to go, because and, and she wants to make him wear shoes. And he's like, "Mom, I'm not wearing. Nobody's wearing shoes. I don't want to wear shoes." Okay. And uh, I just want to go, you know, and she's, she's, okay, now do you have enough to eat? And she's putting ladus in his pocket and she's cooked all these amazing sweets. She's stashing them in his clothes and putting them in bags and tying them on him. And he's, you know, and Krishna's just trying to go and she's like holding him back with love, being a mom, you know, and trying to, and it said by the time the cowherd boys, Mother Yashoda lets Krishna go with the cowherd boys, it's like they are exploded out of a cannon <laughs> because they're going to go have fun they can't wait to go enjoy themselves with krishna they're going to play in the fields play games 
uh, climb trees, <laughs> climb mountains, play in caves, play in rivers, swim. How much fun do children have swimming? I mean, kids would swim 24 hours a day if they could. They would just play in all day, squirt themselves, play games in the water, jump in and out of the water for hours and hours and hours and hours. That, that's a tiny part of what Krishna does with his friends, right? Playing in the water, you swim, Sam, you like swimming? All the other things you can do, hiking and biking. And then on top of that, they do it uh, with love for God, for Krishna. And he's the most lovable object. So they have this transcendental competition where they're trying to do for each other. Krishna is trying to do for his friends loving things and the friends are doing loving things for Krishna and in that competition it makes it makes everything go higher and higher and higher the enjoyment it increases it increases every moment and there's no limit to how much it it can increase it just increases we don't have it such understanding in this material world of something that just increases and never goes down that's total bliss yes Yeah, we, you, you asked a great question and it was, it was, I'm so happy you asked it because it was different from your usual questions. So you should try to do that. You know, I'm just saying that as a friend, you know, ask, ask, ask questions based on what you heard like you did today. You said, okay, what's it like in the spiritual world? Ask devotees that and say, hey, tell me about Christian. Tell me what the spiritual world. Tell me, you know, that's a good question because you're not going to go to the mental hospital again. You don't have to worry about that. I know you still do because we all worry about stuff, but really you're you're gonna you're a devotee, and you come like every day to the temple. <laughs> he comes more than anybody I know, you know. And Sam has to get up at four a.m. or three a.m. Wow! And catch like a, a four a.m. five a.m. train. Well, first got to take his bike to the train station. Then trains in to a bus, then takes the bu- couple buses and bikes in the rest of the way. <laughs> Almost every day. That's like, wow. Sorry? Yeah, that's what Krishna wants. So we're happy you do that. Keep coming, Sam, and, and keep asking great questions. Thank you. About spiritual world, right? Any other questions? Do you all have anything? Okay, 8.35, let's honor Prashad. Thank you again. Sankirtan Yagya Ki. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki.